what's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, and we're going on Metalcore Day. We have the Mikes, Mikey and Michael from the band Enox on the podcast today, and we're going to go dive deep into how they got to work with Ice Nine Kills' Ricky Armolino and how all of that helped them to become better musicians as they already are, what it's like to go all in on your music and completely just drop everything. On top of that, why his music can be so good and... On the same path, why is Taylor Swift so popular? Those questions and those stories told and answered right now. So are you ready? Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. As we go into like the last third of 2023, you want good music and you want something that's going to rip you to shreds, have make you have a blast it, and just be like, I love Metalcore for this exact same reason. And that's why this band is one you're going to want to check out. They released their debut album, Euphoria, last year, which was they worked out with Ricky Armolino from Ice Nine Kills. And, I mean, it helped them out tremendously. It's one hell of an album. They're releasing new music now, including their most recent single, Fallout. And in October, they're doing a quick run with Tala across parts of the United States. So go and check them out if you want some good metalcore. But if you want to have fun with a goofy conversation, have a blast with us and get to know the band, that's what we're doing right now. So please welcome the Mikes, Michael and Mikey from the band Enox of the podcast. So gentlemen, welcome to the Chord Progression Podcast. Oh, what's cracking? What's up, baby? Hey, everything is all good over here. And when I was going through the whole show, I'm like looking at my note sheet. I'm like, again, bringing up the fact I'm like, I saw you guys worked with Ricky Armolino. I'm like, I don't know how many bands I've talked to that have worked with Ricky Armolino. I even had him like video bomb one of the podcasts I did like 18 times because he was recording with somebody. And every time he recorded, he'd walk past and he'd do something different every time. I was like, <laughs> all right, making a stupid face. All right, now he's faking going down the stairs. Now he's pretending he's got a canoe. It's like, <laughs> yeah, dude, Ricky. Uh, Ricky be making band sound fantastic. So yeah. I already want to jump in here. I'll say I already want to jump into that because again, with that being like your first record as Enox, what was it like working with them? That's always something I'm curious about hearing. It's it's actually it's really cool. Really like he um he has a really 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 good ear and just a really creative thought process. So just like how the job of any producer really is to help elevate your artist, right? He just knows how to bring the best out of anybody and everybody. You know, like, especially like on a musical level, on a personal level, like he's really good friends, like with all of us, like we're really good friends with them. And like, he's helped me in really, really, really hard times, you know, like I can't thank him enough for that, but it's just a testament to who he is as a person. You know what I mean? And every artist that goes through his doors that works with him, he just has the same love where it's just like, you know, like I, like I want to help this band just be the best version that they can be. That's what that's always really important to have in your corner too. Cause if you don't have someone that's like that doing that, especially when you guys were making, you know, euphoria, you know, that's your, I looked into it as well. It's like, you know, took almost, you guys had four years into it. And then you go put it, reworked it, you know, put it back out there for tw- in 2022. And it just worked the way that it did. It's somewhere having someone like that in your corner, helping you out with it, who has that kind of ear, who's willing to help, but also has, you know, a lot of experience by him as well. And is even in one of the biggest bands in the metal at the same time and giving you guys that time of day and connecting with you guys on all that level. Shoot. I mean, no wonder why the um came out as good and was as well received by the fans as it was. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. 
could definitely uh you could definitely tell that it was just a good vibe like in the studio you know like you said like we we did sit on it for a long time and um you know like going in there like we were already friends with uh with ricky before we were like we did euphoria um we were in a enox used to be called enochian and we had a couple eps out under enochian and um i wasn't in the band yet but they worked with him prior um so we went in like having that relationship and like we were all very open-minded about what ricky had to say and it was just a very natural process that was like the first album i've ever worked on and uh i was you know i was nervous i was what 18 years old something like that when we did it and you know never did anything serious like that before and like you know you see videos of like these big bands in the studio and you're like fuck dude this is gonna be scary dude so chill it was a great experience and uh yeah i mean you know i think you could really hear that in the record I think so too, because I checked out a little bit of it as we were getting ready for this. And I'm like, okay, you know what? This is definitely something where you can see some of that coming in there where it's, you know, especially for a band that's creating their first record or really recording it, there's certain things you can always pick up on there where there's certain pieces that just don't seem as fluid because maybe you are nervous. Maybe that those nerves are just picking up in there. It's like, I don't know what to do. I'm a little nervous. I'm a nervous. I'm going to mess this up. But if you have someone in your corner, that's, you know, making it as easy as possible, that's allowing a lot of those nerves to leave you guys at that point in time. Then you get to a point where you're creating this stuff and a lot of those nerves and a lot of those just, you know, nervous feelings end up going away. And you're thinking, you know what? we're kicking ass on this. And then when the fans get to hear it, they get to respond in kind because they're like, you know what? They feel like they really enjoyed themselves while doing this. They kicked ass on this. And I'm so happy I got to hear this whole entire thing. Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Um, Sorry. My dog is about to start going nuts. I guarantee it. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, you're all good. And I know, cause we were talking a little bit before <laughs> when you guys said that you got some of these interviews can go off the rails seems like you guys yeah. are a bunch of crazy guys that love to have fun, and I absolutely love that. So when you guys are working with Ricky again, because I had him video bomb the podcast a couple of times, when you were working with him, were there any crazy-ass stories that happened? I love crazy-ass story time here. I mean, it's like we've had some traumatizing events with Ricky together. We've shared trauma. <laughs> <laughs> it just always seems like something – nuts happens every time where it's just like a relationship issue or like you know it's just dumb uh, man like i gotta recount like the last time we recorded with ricky which we have a whole batch of songs that we recorded with ricky that we're still sitting on it's been like three years um so that's a little tidbit that's fun to throw out there that we have unreleased music that I think is it's cool, but that whole process, um, Ricky was really going through some stuff, and it was to a point where I was like, "Hey, do you just want to reschedule? Like, we can just reschedule and go. I come back another time." And he was just like, "No, we're pushing it through. We're pushing through this." And all of the emotions and the tensions that were flowing through for like the week and some change that we were working, like all that energy was directed to these songs. And I might be biased, but these are like my favorite batch of songs that we have ever done as a band, even considering the songs that we have out right now and that the song that we're about to drop soon, 
these batch of songs just stand to be my favorite Enox music that we have ever worked on. And it's also because like, you know, as a producer, how I view music being created, it's energies in a room that gets transferred in the box, right? You're just transferring energy in the room to your doll, to your session. And really great producers know how to really capture that energy. So especially when tensions are very high and there's just a lot of emotions running, to channel that energy and to put it into the music, you know, it's crazy, but that's also another reason why these songs sound pretty fucking solid because we just there's just nothing but crazy experiences at all times. Radiance. Man, I got a funny story for you. Radiance. The hook. So Reach, Ricky <laughs> featured on a song Radiance. I love telling the story because it's, it's fucking hilarious. Um, Ricky featured on the song Radiance and the way that came about was... He, um, we had the process where we were writing the song as we go. And like, we would like figure out guitars for one section and be like, yeah, let's throw some vocals. So we have an idea of where the direction goes. So I had, at the time I was single, I had a Tinder date and we were working on the song and I was like, yo, I'm about to go on this Tinder date. Like, do you need me for anything? Like, do we need to do vocals? He was like, no, we could do all the guitar stuff. And I was like, all right. Cool. So I left for the Tinder day and like 40 minutes later, he's like, all right, when are you coming back so we can do vocals? I was like, what? <laughs> like, like, I'm not coming back anytime soon. You know what I mean? Like, I'm hanging out. And he was like, oh, shit, I forgot. You're right. So I went back and then he was just like, yo. So I came up with the melody that I took the liberty to like figure out. And like, you know, and that chorus came out. It was crazy. And had I not been on a Tinder date, that chorus would not exist. Oh my god, I was not <laughs> expecting a Tinder date to be the catalyst behind a great course because you weren't there. You were busy, you know, doing the classic Tinder date of just um already. First of all, I hope she shows up to the date. And secondly, um, now I have to make conversation. What am I gonna do? And then all of a sudden there's Ricky text, you wouldn't be back, man. Wait, I got it. We we got yeah, this. Uh yeah, he sang it and then we were just like, You just want to feature on the song? Like it sounds fantastic. You just left him on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it sounded great oh, we were cracking up and I just I lost it because I was like I can't believe like that is how this came to fruition dude you're gonna have to send that tinder day if you still have any kind of contact with that person you gotta send them none the, you whatsoever know, oh, darn, <laughs> so you have whatsoever. to send them a, you know, a thank you note just like thank you because we have one hell of a chorus because <laughs> I went out with you that one night yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's, that's yeah, it's a crazy story. And then Ernesto, dude, just all our old guitar, Ernesto, off the rail in the best way. Like he was a very like timid kid, like timid kid, but like he would just like I don't know, someone would just pop out of him, and like we had so much like fun in Ricky's basement, like. Well, everyone's upstairs sleeping and it's dark down there and we're all just, you know, you know, when you have to be quiet and everything's funnier, it yeah. was like that for like a week straight. It was, it, was... <laughs> yeah. it really, it really was like all the sessions were just such good vibes and it was just so hilarious. It was just so out of pocket. And I think that always sets such a good expectation and energy for recording. You know I what would... I mean? 
I, you know, again, from my standpoint, I've never been in a recording session like that, never even, you know, made my own kind of music. So I don't know what that's like, but kind of relating to a podcast side, side of things where, you know, if I'm going into it and all of a sudden, you know, I'm not feeling the best about it, you know, just maybe the way my day had gone, maybe things just aren't going well, but all of a sudden you get in that space, you just get in the groove and that positive feel just starts flowing. Now it just starts coming out in every aspect that you're working with. Everything comes out. The energy level just goes up. And when you guys are making the music as well, when you guys are recording, one thing that you said was that great producers, they're able to transfer that energy, you know, from what you're doing, from what you're recording, from your instruments, from your vocals, to the box, to the recession, to just making sure that everything's trans translates from how you were feeling in that moment when you wrote the song, when you're playing those parts, how you were feeling is accurately represented on the final track. Like that's something that absolutely those great producers do. Even going back to, you know, now I'm going to go even older with Ice Nine Kills because I've had um, their old guitarist, Justin DeBleek on the podcast before. And he talks about, you know, especially from the vocal side of things, if he's working with people, he's like, you know, you're going for this. I know what you're going for. You're telling me what the emotion was. And I'm listening to it. I'm listening to you run this stuff. You go through it. I might make you do those take 20 times because maybe the first one was good, but I just didn't believe you enough. And it's like making yeah. sure that that believability moment is there because if all of a sudden, you know, it's not being believed in the studio when you're working with it, what's it going to be like when it gets out in the public? You know, not many people are going to be able to connect with the song, but you guys working with Ricky where every single session is just, you guys are working through stuff, but you know, the emotions are flowing. You guys are just in this comfortable space where you can explore that, have a lot of fun with it at the exact same time as well. That's when the music comes out and it comes through and people really connect with it to the point where, you know, hey, we got a brand new song coming out and you guys are just constantly rising through the ranks in terms of streams, views, you know, I looked at Spotify right beforehand. You guys are, you know, getting close to 100K in monthly listeners. And you think about a bunch of bands that are out there. There's so many bands that, you know, that have passed that, but they're all the big bands that are out there. And you guys are still getting up to that point where, yeah, you cracked that. How many bands are still grinding, waiting to try and crack something like that? There are so many out there and you guys are right there on the cusp of it. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's funny. Like when you, when you look at stuff like that, because I don't think any of us, necessarily feel like we're at like this point like we you know we've definitely seen the progress in the last few years and we've been on an upwards um trajectory and it's so sick and like to look at our numbers and all this and it's like i mean personally for me like i still feel i don't even like like i'm nobody still like i don't even like do anything and then you look at this and you're like man like when I was younger, I would have killed to be right here. You know, like it like humbles you. It's it's really sick though. I'm really stoked on us, and it's like we're very close. But I think we're at a point where we're like we're so close that we need to make sure we get over this hump. So like we're just at a point where we're trying extra hard now. You know? Yeah. We're yeah we're hitting these milestones where you know these are really cool milestones to achieve. But once you actually like attain and reach these milestones. Um, there's just the the mentality starts to set in that it's just like shit. Well, the real work actually begins now. You know what I mean? Like if we've gotten this far, this means that we could take it farther. And you know, it's a good mentality. It's like every single time we hit a new milestone, it's just the feeling of like settling becomes less and less, and the conviction grows each and every time because. Honestly, it just feels like it kind of gets harder <laughs> as we move up. Yeah. You know, every milestone you hit, it's just, it's harder to reach the next threshold, right? Like you reach level 50, mm -hmm. it's going to take you a longer time to get to level 51 
than it did from level 49 to level 50. You know what I mean? And then it's going to take a long time to get a 51 to 52 and so on and so forth. Yeah, I know what you mean with that too. Because it kind of comes from the same thing with the podcast where... You know, there's certain milestones I've reached, but I always am like, like Michael, like you said, you know, you're all, it's like, you know, you're looking forward to these other things. You feel like you're on the cusp right there. And Michael, you know, the real work begins, you're continuing to do stuff. But Mike, the thing that you said that really stood out to me, and that's something that really puts a lot more of this into perspective, because as humans, especially as in, in a creative space, whether it's, you know, podcasting, musician, whatever it might be, we're always trying to go for like, okay, we want this. We want to have, we have this ultimate goal. We're going to do whatever we can to get there. We're going to make sure that we get there. And there's going to be a lot of steps, a lot of different mini goals that we have to hit, a lot of different milestones that we have to hit. And there are times where it feels like, you know, there's still so much more to go because we're looking at, you know, the bigger side of things. We're looking, we're comparing ourselves to people that are even bigger than us. But even when you think about it, you know, your 15 year old self would be looking at you right now thinking you might be the coolest person in the whole world. Like it, it puts this in a perspective of at that time, this is where you wanted to be at that point in time. And now you're there and you continue to want to do more. And even from a humbling standpoint as well, it's something that when you're down and when you're out, you can look back at that and realize how far you've come kind of get that energy back to continue to go forward because at that point in time as you continue to grow, yes, you're still going to be wanting to reach bigger and bigger, but the you know the bands that you might be in comparison trying to reach to that size, like we want to get to this point, want to get to this point, you're noticing that, you know, like Michael, like you said, the levels from 49 to 50, are it's harder to get from 49 or 50 to 51 than 49 to 50 because it's just, it's even that greater. So you're comparing yourselves and trying to get to the points of even bigger bands than, you know, maybe you were, you know, two years ago, th three years ago, four years ago, when you were 15, you may have just wanted to get, you know, if you heard 10,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, you would have thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Now you guys are almost at a hundred and it's like, man, we're on the cusp of something great here and we're just getting started. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's yep. what's kind of keeping this fire going. Is that like, so like when, when we released Euphoria, we were like, okay, these like it's it's grind time now. You know what I mean? Like we we didn't really have a lot of like of um, touring experience. Like we did some uh, touring under Enochian. We did a, a lot of shows. We never like toured heavy. Um, so we knew like going into this, it, it was a whole different ball game. And did we drop Euphoria? And I think. It's weird to say, but I think COVID really helped because um, everyone was home. Everyone was pissed. Everyone's listening to music. Like, Blame Shift did great because of that. And then once all that was lifted, we were just like, let's go. Like, I've seen in this last year alone, bro, like, I've seen, what have we been to? Like, 45 different states just in this last year. You know what I mean? Like, seeing all this growth, like, it's it's so crazy, but... I don't, I don't want to sound conceited and say that it's deserved, but like, we really do. We, we, we moved, we all moved from Jersey to Georgia, left our jobs, left girlfriends, like did everything. We're like, we're doing this. And it's like, it's so good to finally be here. But again, like he's saying, like, there's still, there's so much more work to do, you know? Shoot. I didn't know you guys could like left Jersey, moved to Georgia and just kind of just at the same time, basically said we're going all in on this yeah 
because there's a lot of bands that I've talked to, a lot of bands that, you know, even some of the bigger ones as well, as they were going through and, you know, they were trying to go in all in on this, you know, they had other pieces that they still had to take care of. Maybe it was, you know, to support, you still had to have a full-time job somewhere. There's bands I talked to now that still have that. Or, you know, when it, like, like a girlfriend or something like that. You know, there's always these other things, but you guys decided, you know what? We want to give this a shot. We want to make sure that we're going to leave no stone unturned. So we're going to roll the freaking dice. We're going to go all in and we're going to see what happens. Because when you do that, it's kind of like I think about Travis Barker in a way where there's a story, the class story about him about getting every single tattoo he possibly could was so that it, he basically forced himself to succeed in music because that's the only industry that would accept him looking like that. Otherwise, you know, no one else would. He's. No, no one back in the year, like 1999, if they didn't know Travis Parker, we're going to let him, you know, work in an accounting firm. It just wasn't going to happen. And now, I mean, when it comes to successful, most successful drummers of all time, I mean, that dude's got to be, especially in a financial status, got to be like top, yeah, what, facts. two, one, maybe. Yeah, I think he's like the most successful drummer in music right now. Like he's got a, he's got a, his, as a drummer, his net worth is probably like top. You know what I mean? Bro, I'm yeah, if you're dating a Kardashian, I mean, come on. You know? (laughs) You gotta be up there. Not only dating, but married and having a kid with one too. Having a kid. That's all yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But again, I have to commend you guys on just going all in on this because that is that's something that not many people do. That takes some serious fucking balls. Like, holy shit. (laughs) It's we put a lot on the line. There is there is a lot of the line. It is, it does get very stressful. You know, yeah. there is a lot of like, there is a lot of cool things um, being in a position, but there's also a lot of negatives. Um, there's just a lot of give and take that occurs. You know what I mean? Like the band is what we really, is the first and primary focus. And that alone um, can create rifts and other aspects of life. You know, just because of the commitment, like being in a band, it's not like having a full-time job, which is like eight hours a day. It's just like, no, bro, like you live and breathe this business every single day, 24 hours, seven days a week, 365, 366, every, 366 days every four years. You know what I mean? Like leap year, like, you know, like really like no days off and like thinking about all the shit and how you and how we can move to take the proper steps forward. Like the grind really never ever stops, yeah. um, but uh, we're taking it one day at a time, you know, slowly but surely. And we, like, Who's... for me, it's just like this: there is no plan B. This is it. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm gonna do. Like, I'm going to die doing music, and I'm gonna give it my all. And virtually everybody in this band has kind of, you know, put the same commitment for the same commitment and the same effort forward again again commending you on that too because when you think about it especially from that standpoint yeah there's certain things that you're definitely putting in the back burner you're not putting as much attention on that are also important in life maybe certain you know family obligations you know different other interests you might have you know romantic whatever it might be but the same point in time too it's like it is different from a, like a nine to five job where you're working eight hours and you can go home and then you can just leave it at that point. It's because you guys are so passionate about this. You're living and breathing this and you want to make sure you're giving it the full go because a couple of things. One, if you were not giving it the full go, all you'll be thinking about is 
I want to like, Hey, I'm at this job right now, but I'd rather be working on this new song that I have an idea for. I want to work on this. I want to go forward on this, but I don't have the time and capacity to, it is, you know, risky doing that because you're putting all your eggs in one basket, but at the exact same time in that creative standpoint, look at what the opportunity cost might be to not go all in or not do the band altogether. You might be working a nine to five and, you know, maybe making some decent money, maybe, you know, having a good, having, you know, somewhat of a comfortable life. But the big issue with that comes in, because I felt this before too, where it's what else is there to do in life? Like there's like the passion is just gone. Like there's just nothing flowing forward there and you guys going all in. It's like, okay, if we, if you guys didn't go all in, you might be just, you know, sitting there just thinking this is life, but now going all in on it. Yes, there are risks, but the opportunity costs to go all in. It's like, no, you don't want to live that life because then you constantly be wanting to do this. And you'd be kicking yourself every single day because you weren't doing this. Yeah, I, dude, that's what that's what drove us to all move. I think you know, um, is the scariest thing I, I ever did in my life. And like, unfortunately, like I just I just moved back to Jersey last week. Um, so some of us are separated now. Like me and Mario in Jersey, and uh, J Cap, Mike, and Roy are still in Georgia. Um, but, you know, I mean, that was, like, our, the biggest driving force. Like, we were all, like, Enox is our passion. Like, we finally, at the point, like, when we moved, we, we've we been through a, a bunch of different lineup changes throughout the years. And it's, like, we finally felt, um, like, that that we had th- the group that we always needed and that we deserved. And it was, like, this is, you know, this is the right time. Let's do this thing. And, you know, we all did it. And, like, even, bro, like, our house is just like music like mike is a producer and like bands come in every day and like we're trying to we come from a very supportive scene in new jersey where there's no there's no competition we're all friends you know what i mean so we move down and like bands come to our house and mike produces them and we're trying to build a scene in athens and atlanta and just be friends with everyone and help everyone so it's like yeah we're on tour and it's like when we come back this kid's working on music immediately, helping other bands write, you know, then we're writing all Enoch stuff. Um, who's I'm doing house music. Who's doing what? You know what I mean? It's just like nonstop action. My God, I kind of want to go to that house right now and just be like, okay, what are we working on? What are we listening to? I just want to take it all in. <laughs> Enoch H2. And yeah, I'll tell you bands too. Like we have people, our friends sleep over and stuff when they're on the road. I'll tell you what, I had a band come in re um, about last week, um, a deathcore band from Atlanta, from Alabama. I am really stoked for people to hear this song. Um, I like deathcore. I'm not like the biggest fan of deathcore, just because you know some of a lot of deathcore to me is pretty stale. But the ones that do it really well, like that's what makes deathcore feel special. Um, but this band just kind of has a vibe and their vocalist is just so good and just the energy that they bring i'm really excited for people to hear this band like when they start unveiling all their stuff like it's probably one of the few pieces of work i'm like most proud of that i've done so far as a producer yeah i can attest he showed me the other day in the car and i was like holy shit but yeah dude these kids um we they came to our show at the masquerade in Atlanta when we were on tour with bro job and the vocalist of this band, um, hopped on stage and did a guest, uh, like a guest feature, spot, whatever you want to call it. 
And I was literally sitting behind merch and I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And like, that doesn't really happen to me a lot, you know? And like, bro, this kid gave me the chills and then he came up, like they drove to come see us. So like, we, you know, we were hanging out and stuff. And I was like, bro, like, I didn't know you had that in you. I was like, you need to come to Enox HQ, record with us. Like, please go to Mike. I'm not even saying that because he's my vocalist and my friend. Like, we, you guys will be on a different fucking level. And the shit that he just showed me is out of control. All right. I'm going to have to ask so that I'm aware of this when it drops. What is the name of this band that you guys are working with? Because holy shit, the way you guys are talking about I got to know. Yeah. The name is Agony Prophet. They have one song out, um, which is solid. But they're coming to like they re- they're coming to me to really do like they want to go ahead. They want to go like really deathcore, and you know they just want me to help flesh that. And I think like after the first song, I think including myself, we're all like, "Holy shit, this is kind of different." And you know from. Just one song, we're really stoked about it. So we got to do more songs. But if the first was any indication of like where that band can go, it's like their single that they have out now does not do justice at all whatsoever of what that band can possibly actually do. Oh my, okay, you guys are making me excited for this. Mostly because of two reasons. One, when you guys are going all in on this and you're even using your talents as well to con- in your uh, in your skills, to help other bands out at the exact same time, invite them to Enox HQ, working alongside with them, getting creating that you know scene that you guys had in, have in New Jersey where people are helping out each other. The competition is okay. How can we beat everybody else in the like and get everybody else here to continue to grow? How can we get this whole entire scene to continue to grow? It's competing against the world. It's not competing against every little single band that's in so, your area. You're helping out everybody. Actually, Kevin, let me tell you something, man. Um, I actually don't view music and being in a band like that whatsoever. I don't view it as a competition. Like, and I say that in a sense that like music to me is so therapeutic and I get so into it. And like, it makes me feel so many different things. And like the reason those kids even know about me, or like even know about Enox is because they saw me on stage with Lorna Shore when they were at the masquerade. Like Will asked if I wanted to get on stage and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, that'd be sick. So got on stage and they came up to me after like when their set finished, they were like, bro, you were on stage with them. Like, how? like that's you killed it. You crazy. And we just talked it up. And, you know, I told them on a band Enox and they heard Enox and then they were like, what the fuck? And then they came out to a few of our shows and they came out to that one. And that's where Mikey heard Dakota, their vocalist. And then that's how they came to the house. Yeah, I was I was doing so cool. it like. The guitarist, like, I was giving him guitar lessons for a little bit. Like, he hit me up, and, like, you know, they just loved Enoch, so, like, I was cool with him, and then, yeah, that whole thing. They drove all the way from, where are they from? Alabama, but, like... Uh, Alabama, yeah. Like, Birmingham. Yeah. And, like, it's far ways away, but the whole the whole point of me even saying this is that they wouldn't have known anything about Enoch's if it wasn't for Will asking me to be, like, asking me if I wanted to do a part with yeah. them on stage, you know what I mean? And there's just so much camaraderie because of like homies, especially like being from Jersey and shit. Like we kind of like, we go back with them and shit. Um, like that's, that's all because of love. You know what I mean? 
and through that act of that act of love and that act of like friendship you know what i mean like asking your boy like yo come do this part with me you know what i mean like just that act opened just just made other people see that and like just gave me a platform which gave other people to like excitement to want to talk to me and you know like i'm not saying i'm not saying that i'm a great producer by any means whatsoever but i just want to help and i love helping people creatively and it gave me a platform for people to come up to me and it just so happens that one of the people that came up to me are these two dudes in this deathcore band <laughs> that just fucking slay and they're a huge fan and they like man you talk to them they have no ounce of like ego they're just the sweetest most down-to-earth dudes i've ever met in my entire fucking life and they are just it's crazy i'll i will send you the track yeah you gotta be curious no, i gotta yeah, hear this i will send you the track but the whole thing is that like dude where i'm in like i'm into music for doing the love of music i don't view i don't view music as competition anymore because what one band creates and what what artists, what five artists create is going to be, you know, a vibe that a lot of people can get into, but a lot of people might not get into. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's completely okay because art is very subjective. Mm. Yeah. It's how you market your art that makes you successful because people can have 20 favorite fucking bands. <laughs> people will spend so much money on many bands. You know what I mean? That's just how impactful music and art is. So to view it as a competition, in my honest opinion, like it feels kind of wrong and it feels like you're just putting yourself in a box where you need to be 150% creative. And the only way you can do that is if you have support from your friends and your family and people that love you. And that's why building a scene is so important so that you and your friends can push each other to be the best versions of yourself because that is what people are always going to gravitate towards too. I don't even think I can respond to that with anything else, but my God, <laughs> Michael, that was just <laughs> damn good. <laughs> uh, like, uh, you know, it, like continuing on, it's like we're all, we're all in metal. I don't think anyone's really in metal for, for the money. It's not the genre you, you join for the money. Um, I always explain it to people. It's like, we're all, we're all the black sheeps of our family. So we all make one big family. Like we're all here to feel safe and just get our anger out and like, whatever you got to do. And it's just like, bro, like we're here to help you. And like, you know, will like we've, grown up with will and now he's in the biggest band in the fucking world and he's still shouting out his fucking boys like we're shouting out our fucking boys right now and it's just like give your friends that platform there's no reason to be on top and just be like fucking stay down there it's like bro no let's all let's eat together bro like we struggle together let's eat together you know yeah because I, I mean i think about this for the past like what it was like from 2008 to like the pandemic where all the tastemakers and all the you know, the gatekeepers were always saying rock is dead, rock is dead. And people were still into, people were still listening to it. But because of all that, that was being said, it was kind of like keeping everybody down and the, and the genres didn't grow or expand from rock and metal from that kind of standpoint as much as it had in the past. But all of a sudden you're taking a look at bands that are just growing exponentially right now. Bring me the horizon, throw uh, falling in reverse there, bad omen, spirit box, uh, sleep token, 
Lauren Ashore. There's so many bands, Slar to Prevail. There's so many bands from all these different walks of life that are just coming up at the exact same time. People are getting into them. Ice Nine Kills even, I got to throw them in there as well. And as, as this stuff is rising and as more, like, you know, shouting out more bands, bringing more bands on stage, continue to connect with the scenes that they came up in. It does that. It connects with so many other people across there. And it just helps out because now as us as fans, we get to know more new, uh, more music. And yeah. yes, that perfectly said when it's people aren't, you got, you might have one favorite band that's a favorite above the rest. But you're going to be willing to spend, especially as a music fan, money to go and support and see a bunch of other bands at the same time as well. 100%. Because I'm, because like I'm looking around like my place right now, I'm like, yeah, I've got a shit ton of Rise Against stuff everywhere because Rise Against is my favorite band. But how much money have I spent going and doing, like going and buying Ice Nine Kill shirts? How many, how much money have I spent seeing We Came as Romans in the past? Like I've seen them like ten times in the past two years, and I'm seeing them twice now in October like how much money have i spent on this all this random stuff whenever bands come through that i like hey i kind of enjoy this band i maybe only know a couple of songs but i enjoy their vibe and i want to go see them live i'm gonna go do it because it just is a good time it's fun it's what i like to do for a lot of people that like music you know they're gonna support multiple bands they're not gonna just say i like this one band and that's it and I'm never going anywhere again. This isn't like sports where you're going to have yeah, one no team way. and that's it. It's it's somewhere. It's art. It's subjective. It's what you connect with. And when you have everybody that's in that space, especially from the artist standpoint, creating that scene, you have the people around there, the fans creating that scene that's going to be yeah. supportive and lift everyone up. Then scenes from all over the place can connect, lift everybody up else as well to the point where, you know, a band that's the size of Bring Me the Horizon right now could be the norm and then a band that's like you know we're bringing the rises right now could end up launching into something where you know seeing a band that we all grew up with playing stadiums all across so, the world i'm I, we gotta see that happen yeah 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 the the one thing the most marketable thing about a band like really what will make a band marketable is if people can connect like yeah. that's that's the biggest marketing thing you can have like if people can con like consumers will consume and what consumers want to consume is genuine art so if you spend a lot of your time creating and like if your process is just very you know if it's not if you don't put yourself in an environment for like maximum creativity flow and if you're not making yourself vulnerable to the art, not many people can, con like not many people are gonna connect with that. You know what I mean? We talked about that earlier. And, you know, kind of full circle, that's what makes a great producer great, where they can be in touch with these emotions and they can bring out and they can make their artist vulnerable because that vulnerability is what people really, really latch onto because, oh my God, I'm not alone. You know what I mean? Like, I felt that. Or, wow, this really resonated with me. And that interest just drives even more. And people just... Who doesn't love artists? You know what I mean? Who doesn't love people who just create and can create something out of nothing or can create beauty out of destruction and chaos? You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely like, right. You're absolutely right on that. I mean, to even take a look at from outside of rock and roll, take a look at pop music, take a look at Taylor Swift. I mean, when she's one of them, I think one of the main reasons why she's as popular as she's because a lot of her music and her songs connect with, 
you know what, the entire female population under the age of 50? Yeah. yeah. Dude, yo, I, I was listening to some Taylor Swift, and I was jaw-dropped. Jaw-dropped. I was like, this is insane. Like, the lyricism, out of this world. As like a producer and a writer, like I, like I heard Taylor Swift and I was like, all right, I guess I I know why she's number one in the world now, <laughs> like hundred percent. Like it is insane, just how it's just insane how like music when it's approached correctly can really, really, really help. You know what I mean? And that alone is what I know is what separates you from like other musicians that might be doing a thing like the more vulnerable you like the more vulnerable you make yourself to the music the more you can craft your music to be digestible and still get your point across in terms of what you want to express yeah you're not going to compete with anybody because you're just going to naturally Mm -hmm. grow and people are going to naturally gravitate to that you know what i mean it's not like somebody's like do you want pepsi or coke you don't have to do that in music yeah and i think consume it all you can consume it all I think another thing too, I mean, it kind of goes with like being vulnerable, but like for like the way that like Enox is like we, bro, we talk to everybody. We hang out with everybody. Like we make friends nonstop on the internet after all these tours, bro. Like we have a place to stay in every state in this country. You know what I mean? And like that helps people gravitate towards us. And like I say like vulnerability because we're like letting people into our lives. Like we're not trying to be this like a, enigma or like just whatever you want to call it of just like, you know, like we're metal, like um, Meshuggah, for example. Like I wouldn't be scared to go up and like talk to the guys in Meshuggah, but it's like, you see like they're a serious metal band. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like people come to our shows like Mike and Mario or versing them in Smash. We have like Smash set up at our merch table. We're hanging out. We're inviting you over to our fucking house. Like, whenever you're in the area, come hang out. Like, we stay in contact with people, and that just really helps people gravitate towards air fryer foods and we share it. (laughs) Yeah, we share air fryer food. Food, people bring us fucking food and like just like whatever we want. And like, we're not, we don't ask people for it. People do it out of the kindness of their hearts because they know that we would treat them with the same respect. You know what I mean? And I think that's really. It's probably the most important thing besides having good music. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't have an ego. Don't be a fucking dickhead. Like, whoever you ask about us, like, I'm 100% confident. They're like, oh, we love those dudes. Like, you know, and that's the best part. And again, it's just like one big, it's one big family. Yeah, and as bands continue to grow, as they get to like that massive, massive size, it's somewhere it's harder to connect with people like that in the way that you're able to when, you know, you're not playing in front of, you know, 10,000 people every single night, but being able to still do that in some capacity and doing it very full force and heavily right now is something that I'm seeing with a lot of bands that when they do that, you know, it's when it comes to them growing, they have the support behind them because they're giving that positive connection, that positive, you know, emotion to these people. And those people are going to respond in kind whenever you need their help, whether it's push a new song, have a place to say, bring you guys food during your, like, you know, during when you guys are on the road, it makes a lot of sense. And have you guys have the mentality behind that understanding that, you know, not only does it take good music, but it takes good connection with the people that are listening to your music, even within the song and within your bone, like being personal with them, being vulnerable 
It helps build up what you guys are as a band. It helps build up the whole entire project and it helps keep you guys connected with everything there and again. And when you said that, you know, you guys have Smash set up at the merch table, normally I would have freaked out about that, but not going to lie. You guys are the second band I've ever heard in the podcast like about having Smash set up at the merch table. Like, I always think it's a great idea, and I can't believe that now I've heard it you for know the what? second time. So, so the reason we had – so my idea for setting up Smash at the table was it's a way to help create – like, to further drive fan engagement. Um – and you know to kind of like kick it up a notch and like to up the ante it was a thing where if, you know if you beat us in smash you get free merchandise you know what i mean like mm -hmm. of course that's gonna drive fan engagement you don't have to pay anything but if you win you get free merch nobody's gotten free merch yet <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, that's it. Time for me to change this up, boys. All righty. <laughs> I'm a coming. We're playing some Smash, and uh, I'm getting me some free merch. Yeah, get yeah, I yeah. So for so for what it's worth, I know John, um, Jcap. He plays Smash competitively. Um, Mario Mario is very good at Smash. I play Smash very very competitively. Like just before on the call, like I was on a Discord chat with like. The other dudes playing for like an hour and we were going back and forth on matchup practices and like going through like a bunch of like frame data stuff like yeah i take it that far all right i'm gonna need a lot of luck then but i i I've, from what i remember i'm still pretty damn good you using know, link yo you know who i saw on the discord that i was like no way it was like a few days ago brendan from counterparts was looking for friendlies on ultimate he was in the Smash chat being like, yo, who wants to play some friendlies? I'm trying to practice. Yeah, sick. <laughs> like, what? And I haven't seen him post again, but I'm trying to I'm trying to get some games in with him because yeah. also, maybe he's like maybe he's really good and maybe I can get some solid practice. That's what I want. Like that's also like another cool thing about like our generation and whatever is like we have that. Like mm -hmm. bro, I, I played video games with um with Clay from Polyphia. And, like, we didn't really, like, keep a contact after, but it's just, like, cool to, like, have that. I have uh, the old vocalist in North Lane on my friends list on Xbox. Like, it's just, there's so many different avenues that you can go down to be friends with your fans and meet people. Like, even, like, going back to Ricky, like, he's on live every day. And because of that, like, he gets to know the people that always join his lives. And, like, they're all friends. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's just... People should be bands should be taking every opportunity they can to to be friends with their fans because they that's who's basically feeding you and you know. Well, especially with just the capacity that we have with you know the internet today, you're able to do these live streams. You're able to be on Discord servers. You're able to f play video games with people. You're able to connect them in so many different ways. Being able to maximize out on that really stands out. And bands that did that during the pandemic, it, it showed how well that went. And it's just got to continue to do it. I know things aren't going to be, always be as easy. You're going to might be tired some days. You might not want to do it, but continue to do it is going to keep going. 100%. And that's, I think, probably the most important thing from this whole entire conversation, especially that I learned about you guys, is when it comes to your mindset around being in a band, when it comes to your mindset about what you want in life, when it comes to growing the band, knowing that you have to have the great music, but you have to not only connect with the fans in any way possible to drive that positive emotion and drive that positive connection, 
but also connect with the people that you're playing alongside with. Build up that scene at the exact same time too. That is just as important to do in order to maximize out on what you guys want in life and to be the best you possibly can be. Yeah, no, 100%. You fucking there, there's. I will, I will say there are way more, like especially at a higher level, there are way more people that are that do it for the good than for the bad. Like good people win more often than not in the music industry because good people are the people that industry professionals want to work with. Like these are the people that everybody, like I want to work with this person because they're just kind hearted. They're good people. You know what I mean? Well, like, then we you don't want to support someone who's just not a good person. Like, man, it's like, of course, it's going to be the occasional bad eggs. But I really do think relationships is what drive you in this business. Oh, I'd have to agree on that. Absolutely. And that's why when it comes to this right now, it's like, the, the again, the mindset you guys have and it's somewhere that positive is going to radiate and you guys are going to continue to grow as you guys continue to release more new music, play more shows, go on the run with Tal in October and just have an absolute blast. And I know you guys are going to kick ass. And at this point in time, as we bring this episode to its conclusion, one thing I'd like to do is give you guys, which are my guests right now, a chance to do whatever you want to say, plug or going to plug, promote or promote at the end of the podcast. So guys, the floor is yours. You want to go Take it away. All right. You want me to take it away? All right. Uh, So we're dropping a new single. Don't know when that's coming out, (laughs) but it's coming out soon. Um, It's pretty fucking heavy. The breakdown, you might shit your pants. Um, If you like blame shift, this puts blame shift to shame. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we're not vibe. Anytime soon, we're going to have a bunch of content and songs for you guys. Also... Check out Agony Prophet and Revenant and Monument of Memory and Frostbit and fucking who else we got? And Jinx and Machinus and Left to Suffer. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many bands. There's so many bands. Thirst, Notions. They're on Notions is on tour right now. Oh. Down. Downswing. Yeah. Or Kubrick's there, bro. Like we just like shout out all our all our homies, bro. (laughs) hey man shout them all out make sure they know everything that's going on and make sure that you keep spreading the love and keep spreading all that positivity so now it's time for this podcast with three specific things first things first is as these guys were shouting out every band that they're friends with working alongside with promote them as well we gotta promote these guys as well too and you're gonna want to keep in touch with enoch especially if we got more heavy shit coming your way so the best way to do that is go to the description of the podcast which says find Enox online there's gonna be links down there labels for all those links where you can connect them on social media listen to their music get some merch where you can find them at a live show all that kind of stuff i'm doing all the hard work for you so all you have to do is click those links go and like share comment subscribe follow um listen stream buy download all that kind of stuff it's all there for you so go and do it right now now it's time for number two so jump whenever a guest in the podcast that i enjoy from the podcast I tend to make a certain promise as a way to say thank you for taking the time. And on top of that, I wish to continue to support you any way I can. And my God, you guys hit this. And because now I know you guys play Smash competitively, I'm probably not going to win. So I'm going to go about it this way. When I get to see you guys perform live for the first time, I'm going to go all Liam Neeson on your guys' asses. I will look for you. I will pursue you. I will find you. I will say hi, get my ass kicked in Super Smash Bros, and then say first round's on me. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> where, do you, where do you live? I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
Were we close? Uh, you got- we played lacrosse. That's what we lacrosse. did. Lacrosse. Yeah, we were in lacrosse. Yeah, it's on the other side of the state for me. Pretty much when I look at it is, is like, especially when it comes to Milwaukee, it's like if you're missing Milwaukee, you're probably going to Chicago, and that can always make it down yeah. there, lickety-split. That's like a two-hour drive, right? Um, depends on how depends on how much traffic is. If traffic's, traffic's really bad, it's like two, two and a half. Uh, I've actually started to get really good at figuring out my way around there, so I can pretty much get anywhere within an hour and a half to two. So There you go. Yeah. I, like I didn't know that. what. I didn't know Milwaukee was that close. Yeah, we're only about uh like downtown between downtown and downtown. It's like eighty nine miles, maybe. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, actually. Yeah, it yeah, is kind of nuts. Damn, geography's crazy. Geography's <laughs> crazy, man. So if, once that happens, again, I'm gonna get my ass kicked in Smash Bros. I'm gonna try my best, but first round's on me, regardless. So. Number three, I cannot end this by saying goodbye because one, I made you guys one hell of a promise. Two, I'm gonna make sure that promise is kept. And three, man, I gotta I'd love to have you guys back in the podcast again in the future. And also thank you for the uh agony profit uh recommendation. I gotta go check that out now. So make sure you listen to this again and listen to all those bands we mentioned. <laughs> I've listened to like half of them already, so I'm already good on that one. <laughs> And everyone else listen to all the bands they mentioned too. So I cannot end this by saying goodbye. That is way too final. So guys, this is, I'll see you later. (laughs) Well, folks, this is my interview with the guys from Enox, Mikey and Michael. And now it's time for Kevin's final thought. And there's many things you can go off of here, going all in, um, producing, making the best music, everything they do for the scene. And that's where I want to go into because after we got done recording the podcast, there was a band that they kept talking about throughout this whole entire thing called Agony Prophet, that uh, deathcore band from Alabama. So they kept bringing them up. They kept bringing them up. And I said, you know, that'd be cool to hear that song. And Michael sent me the whole song that they were talking about. And I got to check it out. I listened to it with them on the call and actually react to it. Is it filmed? No, because it's something that, you know, the song isn't out yet with from Agony Prophet. And I didn't want to have any something, anything on my computer that would have let that, you know, be put out there. However, I listened to it and I'm like, this is why we need more people like Enox in the scene. I love the fact these guys are going all in on music, going all in on their dreams. But I also love the fact that when Michael talked about how he's not seen it as a competition and how he's really focusing in on, you know, creating the community and helping build other people up, like what Will uh, Ramos from Lauren Shore has helped them with, what they're doing when it comes to producing music and creating music and what they're helping out all these other bands with. They rattled off, I don't know how many bands, but I remember uh, Revenant was in there. Uh, Thirst was in there. There's a couple other ones I recognize are in there, but Agony Prophet specifically, it was something where I would have never known about this band if it wasn't for them bringing them up. And if it wasn't them talking about them, I wouldn't have been interested in hearing that song. And now that I heard that song that is yet to come out, I'm like, this is nuts. This is insane. And I want to bring Agony Prophet onto the podcast and talk to them about this stuff. I want to get to know more about them. I want to show you guys them because of how cool this song really is. So, again, it speaks to the character that the guys in Enox have, really focusing it on making this community more and more and better and better, and I really have to commend them for that. The mindset behind it is fantastic, and I think you got to follow along with these guys because you don't want to miss out on a band that is creating heavy music that you can really get behind, but at the exact same time, 
really showing where their heart is and it's in the right place. So make sure you follow along with Enox. Links in the description of the podcast below for all their social media where you can follow along with them so you know when new music is coming out, when new content's coming out, when more shows are being played. Uh, they're playing out with Tala during a good portion of October. So go and check them out live if you get the chance. On top of that, there's also, you know, uh, YouTube down there where you can stream the music, buy the music, download the music, get some merch from the guys. All that's down in the description as well. I've got all the links there, all the labels. I'm doing all the hard work. All you do is got to do is click and then go to that next one. Make sure you follow along with us in the Core Progression Podcast, primarily on Facebook and Instagram. I think we're going to be starting the Twitter back up just a little bit again as a test run. TikTok, no, we ain't doing that again. Um, if you're on YouTube, give the video a like right over here. If you are on um, anything audio stream-wise, podcast i heard you know, amazon give the uh episode like a thumbs up like whatever it is favorite it also please make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you're on youtube it's right over here new episodes every single tuesday and thursday also reaction clips every single Friday and content and clips throughout the week. On top of that, if you're on Spotify, Packers, Radio, Amazon, you still get the episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday in full. So hit that subscribe or follow button as well. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness, for sponsoring this podcast. Remember 20% off using code CPP20 at FNXFit.com. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Thank you guys from Enox. Thank you for the recommendation on Agony Profit, though. Keep up the good work, guys. You guys have a lot of strong character, a lot of strong integrity, and I like that about you guys. So on that note, that's going to be for you guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. He's up with a big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all! Yeah.